Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. That sounds so important, taking you into the future of now. Bonnie D. in the house with four of my favorite people. We're going to talk today about an exciting topic, the race to the car of the future. But before I start with my opening monologue, we are welcoming a new sponsor today, a company called Nord, N-O-R-D, VPN. And I've got a special offer for all of our listeners and viewers that I'll be doing right around the middle of the show. So if nothing else, you got to stay tuned. So let me tell you what we're talking about today. I found a quote from none other than Carl, who spelled it technically with a C, but he was known as Carl with a K. Carl Friedrich Benz, German engineer designer and automotive engineer. His Benz patent motor car from 1885 is considered the first practical automobile in series production. You know him. Okay. And here we go. The quote is, my first customer was a lunatic. My second had a death wish. Just let that sink in. I didn't know he was a comedian, too. My second quote to open the show is from Ferdinand Porsche. And you know, German, bohemian, automotive engineer and founder of Porsche AG. He designed, the, he started the Volkswagen Beetle, the first gasoline electric hybrid, hybrid vehicle, the auto union racing car, the Mercedes-Benz SS, SSK, and other important developments. And his car quote is, I couldn't find the sports car of my dreams, so I built it myself. Well, how's that for DIY? They wouldn't even DIY do it yourself. I don't think they had those terms when he was doing this. And then I have a quote from Marshall McLuhan. Uh, he is a Canadian philosopher, and he said, the car has become the, I hope I'm saying this right, carapace, R-A-P-A-C, Patrick, did I say that right? The protective and aggressive shell of urban and suburban man and people I'm going to substitute for that. So what are we talking about today? We all know the automotive industry is continually and continuously disrupted by myriad factors driven mainly by consumers' expectations and demands. And I think everybody on my panel today is a consumer at some level of automotive. Yes, everybody still have keys in their pocket to their own vehicle? I thought so. Okay, good taking a poll here. Let me give you a couple of those. Passenger and commercial drivers and fleet owners, they're not waiting for the pretty new model for next year. They want right now automotive companies to change how fast they deliver innovations. Industry players in automotive are being mandated to include software embedded into the vehicle. Porsche Connect, go look it up. The industry's raw materials will shift with the shift to EVs. They're building the new grid and EV electric vehicles place new demands on the steel industry. Ah, and using data for actionable insights will become a priority for automotive. Racing industry is using it. Audi Le Mans teams, first and second place wins at the six hour Circuit of the Americas near Austin, Texas used that type of data. So, do you think, all of you on my panel, you can say yes or no, just what thumbs up for yes or thumbs down for no. Do you think George Jetson and Doc Emmett Brown, Doc Brown was from Back to the Future 1985 sci-fi movie. Do you think they're saying, we told you so, everything's going to change, you weren't ready for it then, but your kids are, you think? I think so too. So uh, my esteemed panel today, I'm so happy to welcome all of them back. Tom Madonna, Tom Wave, hello, we are live on LinkedIn. Rukund, Mukund Rao, welcome back, Mukund, so happy to see you again. Praveen Ramamurthy, 
delighted. And we have Patrick Maroney. Thank you, Patrick. And I have to tell everybody, Patrick has reinvented the the type of post to do on LinkedIn, where he posts about a show or an event or uh, somebody, an expert or something he's working on. And he gathers and garners. It's like a snowball going downhill. People keep commenting for months and months and months. It's an ongoing conversation. Patrick, I applaud you. Namaste. I appreciate it because you've been doing this for my shows, and I am very, very grateful. Let's go around the table and find out what you've all been up to. I don't want to read your bios. That would take an hour for each of you. Tell Madonna what's up with you. Give me about a three-minute update and tell me what's your passion for the car of the future racing. Tom, go ahead. Great. Tom Madonna, Industry Executive Advisor from Automotive North America. Um, Been up to trying to get all the trends and imperatives uh, put together for our uh, our customers over the course of uh, the, the quarter as we kick them off. Um, it's been interesting that the execution uh, from 19 through 22 has had an interesting slope in regards to how those trends and imperatives have, have moved. And we're gonna talk a lot about that today, uh, but in general, disruption uh, is now the commonplace. And, and based on that, uh, the customers are, are looking for what somebody else is doing, keeping up with the peers, keeping up with the Jetsons, keeping up with the Joneses, whatever that might be, and uh, really want to understand how to use technology to uh, better themselves, uh, increase uh, business revenue and business outcomes, and, and definitely get a, uh, uh, that in innovation that we talked about uh, back to the customer. Thank you very much, very much, Tom. Always wonderful. I think you've been on more shows in the past year than anybody I know. I think Patrick's a close second, though. Five, six, seven? What are we up to? Uh, I think we're closer to 10. Close. That's right. On other series I've done as well. Thank you very much, Makun Rao. So happy to see you. Please join me and tell us what have you been up to and what's your passion for the race to the car of the future? Go ahead. Thanks, Bonnie, for having me. Yeah, so... Looking at all the new trends about the mobility, everywhere you see mobility. So my role, I'm the I'm in the solution management in the automotive industry at SAP. So main charter is look at all these industries' trends globally, trying to get in, whether it be related to electrification, which we're going to talk about, you know, the new way of selling cars, new way of uh, monetizing new aspects of fleet management, all the you know all the new things coming. You know the you know excited future looking exciting about the autonomous coming. You know it will turn the whole industry upside down and bringing things which we never imagined. So that's what I've been doing: talking to customers, trying to bring new solutions to market, and position the appropriate way to monetize all these new uh, opportunities which are going to be uh, upcoming in the next few years and you know maybe decades (laughs) thank you i think it's going to be decades Uh, i don't know if any remember on this panel remember larry stoley at sap tom you may remember him oh you do larry was the original sponsor of a series i i did i'm still doing it but it's changed his name was the future of cars with game changers for sap and larry who passed away suddenly and tragically and we lost him but what what a what a good guy um larry used to say that when we get autonomous vehicles people humans will be the cargo I never quite forgot. Isn't that is that a picture? Yep. We'll be the cargo. Okay. Cargo. I'm the cargo. And there was probably a pun in there somewhere, but uh, yeah, remember him well. Larry, Larry Stoley. Yes. My, my Th- neighbor here down the road. Oh, was he really? Yes. Left us way too soon. He was a good guy. Praveen, you're up next. Praveen Ramamurthy. Oh, yeah. So happy to see you. Talk to me. Happy what to you been you. up good to? Good morning, everybody. Thank you. Good morning. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, 
I, I, I'm seeing the conversation actually. I'm, I'm look, feeling like I'm part of this conversation that I'm having with my friends locally. Then I come back into work and that, that conversation turns into business talk when I'm talking to my customers. I'll give you an example uh, that was kind of cryptic, but I'll give you an example. The conversation that I'm having with my friends is switching from I'm buying uh, electric vehicle to I'm buying a hydrogen vehicle to I'm buying um, something something else. Uh, it's it's uh, that conversation was never happening even five years ago. Today, that's the conversation we're all talking about. And I come into work, and that's the topic that that is live. That is live for a business today. Um, and I'm talking to the end consumer. So um, it's it's been amazing uh, going back and forth, looking at that from a perspective of digital supply chain, global COE at SAP. I'm I'm looking at this and saying. Well, that we are in the middle of this, you know, we are the we are enabling this for our end customers, and I'm I'm interacting with them every day, so it's it's been amazing. Thank you very much. Amazing is what we're looking for, and we all remember that in the beginning of the pandemic. It's it's interesting to say in the beginning because it's been two and almost two and a half years. Uh, the U.S. factories, the assembly lines were shut down for what? How many weeks, Tom? Do you remember? I had the statistic from... from they, they were shut down between 10 and 12 weeks, depending upon the OEM. Whoever thought that it would come to us? And now we're looking at parking lots filled with cars waiting for chips, and we're looking at people having, um, what is it, range anxiety if their car... Well, we have gasoline anxiety. We've had that for years. But that, a whole different mindset of how you operate the car and how it treats you and how you treat it and where. You just don't pull into a, a Shell or an Exxon station. It's, okay, uh, charging station, hello, in my apartment building, in my garage. What are they going to charge me? How long is it going to take? I, anyway, it's a whole new way of thinking about travel. Point A to yeah. point B. And let's go to our fourth panelist, Patrick Maroney. So delighted to have you say the nicest things about my show on LinkedIn. Oh, I'm thank uh, you so much for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be here, Bonnie. I, you're very I kind. You. What a privilege to be part of this this panel, huh? Is this something? Go ahead, bring us up to date on what you've been up to besides month six month long posts on LinkedIn. I want to know. So, uh, uh, name is Patrick Baroni, and like Tom, I am a principal in our high and in our industry advisory. Although I focus on high tech. And if I have to tell you what I've been up to the most recently, it's really been getting to market a, a white paper on semiconductor. And it's, it sounds like that's very, very specific to industry, but you talked about these lead times and the shutdowns on assembly line with automotive. I just waited 11 months for new kitchen appliances because they all are driven by computer chips, right? And it's affecting everybody. And it's not just the chips either, I should, I should add, right? Rivian's got a whole holdup uh, just due to the shortages on lithium. So there's all kinds of supply chain constraints going on. And what I really love about being part of high tech is I'm really part of every industry. Every industry that exists right now is dependent upon or relates to a high tech uh, supply chain, right? If you buy the little scented glade things you put in your house, have you seen the latest ads, Bonnie? No. They come with a computer chip now, if you can get your hands on the computer chips. So it's just fascinating to me to see how fast all the technology is moving. And I really live for working with, uh, with the top companies of the world and the executives of those businesses to help them identify how to unlock hidden ROI value and, and potential. 
And value is the word. And I thank you, Patrick. And I learned the term recently. We talked about supply chain. It's a cocktail. If anybody still goes to cocktail parties in person, hello. I can't see you. I can't hear you. Uh, <laughs> I think those mandates are coming off soon. I don't know for good or for bad. We won't go there. But um, it was supply chain, supply chain. Now we're talking about value chain. And I learned that that's a new term. It's a value chain. It's bigger than just a supply. It's where does the value get added all along the points of a process. It's almost like a, a blockchain for processing is where are you monetizing? Where are you profiting? Where are you adding sustainability? Where are you being careful? It's everything. By the way, I heard there's a new branch of psychology that people are talking about called uh, the psychologist for those with climate anxiety. And a woman was interviewed for a major newspaper and she said she cringes every time her little boy asks for snacks that she has to buy in a store that are wrapped in plastic. And she's thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing to the planet? So she's going to have to do her own trail mix and all that stuff. But anyway, the point is that we're, we're seeing all kinds of all kinds of changes in our mindset as people, as humans, as companies, as consumers, right? And today we're talking about the race to the car of the future. Let's go do the quotes. You all sent me interesting quotes. Tom Madonna picked a quote from Obi-Wan Kenobi, played at the time by Ewan McGregor, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, 2002 American epic space opera film. Whoever thought a genre would be an epic space opera film? I'm sorry, I still don't get that. Anyway, <laughs> here's, here's the quote. used to be it's a comedy, it's a drama, now it's it's an epic, it's an opera, it's a comedy, it's a drama, it's a sci-fi, it's a fantasy. I, I can't deal with that. All I know is, is it is it X-rated, R-rated, or PG, and can, am I old enough to watch it? Don't say a word, please. Here's the quote Tom has picked. Well, if droids could think, there'd be none of us here, would there? Oh, Tom, please take three minutes. What in the world does this have to do with our topic? Go ahead. So, so last show on the prediction, I picked uh, Skynet, and we got into the whole Terminator. This is the same on the same lines. You know, as, as, as Patrick's already said, you know, the chips are everywhere. Technology is basically going. Someone still has to be there to, one, invent the new things that are going on, to execute what's uh, occurring, to integrate all of those pieces together. You know, so even even with the, you know, the robots uh, that uh, have been fantasized in, in the Star Wars cities or, or even HAL from uh, 2001, you know, there are people that are going to still be needed to do the programming, do the integration, and to better their lives based upon that technology. Uh, we, we're not gonna be able to you know, put a car on the, on the ground and, and say, okay, now I'm not gonna do anything. You know, you're still gonna order it. You're still gonna go from place to place. You're still gonna want certain things in the vehicle. So part of that is people are needed. People are gonna continue to execute and uh, technology will continue to grow to help us, but uh, it's there to do that exactly, help us. Thank you. We want that. That's what we're hoping for. That's what most of us make and are intending to do, right, Tom? But if you look at the movies, somebody else has a different idea. It's called power. We'll leave that one alone. Let's go to Mukun Rao's quote. You picked a quote from Sean Parker, paid by the very talented, played by Justin Timberlake. His full name is Justin Randall Timberlake, young man at 80, 1981. Oh, he's just a baby. The quote is from the social, I can say that. The quote is from the social network 2010 American biographical drama film, and you all know what it was about. It was actually written by Aaron Sorkin, good for him. And here's the quote Makunda selected. We lived on farms, and then we lived in cities, and now we are going to live on the internet. Oh my, what does this have to do with our topic and the race to cars? Go ahead. Thanks, Bonnie. So the reason I picked this is it's what he says, you know, it's something which nobody imagined 10, 15 years back. 
about living on the internet. So literal translation to automotive, nobody could imagine that there will be at some point electric vehicles and all this a talk of autonomous and connection and all that. I'm, you know, hopping back to the last century, the first, what I call the first inflection in automotive, which is the advent of the ice engines. Before that, talk was all about horses, how you could have a faster horse, a better horse. Like, like Henry Ford once said, you know, if you ask me what, what's the next technology invention, if I talk to people, they would say, build me a better horse. But he changed. So now I think it's the second inflection mm -hmm. point, you know, where everything will Things are coming together, the government, the regulations, people's interests, just the climate, climate change. And all these things are at a point where things will radically change because of all these things. We're going to get better environ environmentally, environmentally friendly cars, electric or hydrogen or whatever the alternate source. We will get maybe autonomous, which will maybe bring down the vehicle production to a drastically low level because people may not need the cars. So there are new opportunities coming about. And the big question is, how do these ecosystem players, whether it be OEMs or suppliers or dealers, monetize these new opportunities? So that will that is the second inflection point coming and it will come drastically. It's like it's internet was not there and it was there. Similarly, it's gonna happen right there. That's why I picked this uh, particular quote, yeah? Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Good movies today. Praveen has picked a quote from Captain Jean-Luc Picard, played by the one and only Patrick Stewart. Star Trek American science fiction media franchise created by the one and only very visionary and smart Gene Roddenberry, which began with the eponymous 1960s series and quickly became a worldwide pop culture phenomenon, okay? Star Trek is one of the most recognizable and highest grossing media franchises of all time. And here's the quote. This is a classic, Praveen. Things are only impossible until they're not. <laughs> Praveen, I love, I love that. Duh, go ahead. Talk to me. Well, I mean, it's, um, thank you. It's, isn't, that, isn't that literally the case? I mean, things are impossible until they're not. You know, I, I'll go off of Mukund, what Mukund was saying, you know, inflection point. That's the same thing. We hadn't thought about things like autonomous driving, um, uh, you know, electric vehicles, um, you know, that you would be able to hop on into a taxi without a driver in it and it'll take you to wherever you want to go. Those are the people said it was impossible until literally they were not. I mean, that, that amount of technology, that amount of future is only accelerating. And, and you know, we have to refine our thinking to say, these things are not probably, we shouldn't say impossible, we should say, you know, they're maturing, they're coming. Um, you know, if I had to go off on a couple of those things, I would say, uh, going off, off on Tom, I would say, there's, there's probably going to be where, you know, we will be cargoes, we will be sitting in cars and be cargoes and not really care about it, really, we wouldn't care, we would just get in, we would go to wherever we want to, and, and I think that's the, that's the kind of the future is take off the stress from the future. You know, today when I'm, when I'm driving, I have to think about, you know, am I, when am I going to get there? Uh, do I have enough fuel? You know, what are the traffic laws? You know, how many other people are going to be driving towards that? All of that stuff. I, you know, stress-free, get in and it'll, go, it'll take you wherever you want to go. You don't have to worry about refueling. You don't have to worry about the directions. You don't have to worry about stopping for coffee because it'll all be there. That's the future. That's the, you know, 
uh, things are only impossible until they're not. And that's, that's what it literally is. Thank you. I still want the keys in my pocket. I don't know about you. I st- I still want to deal with it. I I do HD driving now. It's not high definition. It's hardly drive. <laughs> I leave I leave the house about once every two weeks. I work from home. I get to talk to all of you here from my studio, my radio studio. What what do I need outside? Okay, yeah, groceries once in a while, but other than that. Pay the bills online. Everything is delivered. We have, you know how it works. Thank you very much. Fascinating quote. Patrick has picked a quote from Ted Lasso. Oh my, played by and created by Jason Sudeikis. I don't know if you know, but the character was based on a uh, character Sudeikis played in promos for NBC sports coverage of the Premier League. That's the, those were the genesis of the character Ted Lasso. And it's been nominated for 20 primetime Emmys, the most nominated freshman comedy in the history of the Emmy Awards. And it's an American, here we go, American sports comedy drama streaming TV series that premiered on Apple TV Plus. Got to have the plus on August 14, 2020. And I binge and devour it whenever they come up with new seasons. Season two, where whenever they're up to three, got a lot of criticism. It got into a lot of psychological stuff, but I still think it's cool. So here's the quote Patrick has picked. Taking on a challenge is a lot like riding horse, isn't it? If you're comfortable while you're doing it, you're probably doing it wrong. I think there are a lot of vari- variations on that quote around, I like this one. Patrick, talk to me. Well, we all know that change is not necessarily easy. And as human beings, we resist it, right? We like it when things cha- stay the same. We ask for change, but then when people bring it to us, I just got a new PC. And I, and I, and the, or I should say a Mac, they've moved me from a PC to a Mac. I let people talk me into it and uh, I don't have my branded background. I can't seem to get all the files to come over. There is no way to scroll the learning curve. So now I'm in full resistance to change. And I'll tell you, Bonnie, whether it's the supply chain or the value chain or the explosion in technology behind EVs, that are creating all kinds of new uh, 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 energy sources and sustainability capabilities, whether it's new sales models where I don't own the vehicle, but I'm, I'm using it as a service and servitization. And I'll tell you, all that's gonna be wrapped in, a, in, a, in an ESG, in an environmental and circular economy kind of strategy. There is so much change going on. And I think, uh, I guess another good quote here would be resistance is futile. Yes. <laughs> because you're not gonna be able to stop it. You need to embrace it. It's not necessarily gonna be pleasant all the time. It may feel a little bit like riding a horse and that's a good thing. There you go. And there's a quote from the 1950 Betty Davis movie all about Eve. It's going to be a bumpy night. I like that one for, for predictions. It's going to be a bumpy year. It's going to be a bumpy decade. It's already a bumpy new century, right? A new millennium, for goodness sake. Bumpy along the way. Thank you, gentlemen. I really appreciate the work you did finding the quotes. Um, interesting, all iconic movies, iconic characters, TV shows. Ted Lasso is iconic now, right? It's just out there, and everybody's talking about it. something very charming about Jason Sudeikis and the character. He's very lovable. We'll leave it there. Let's go to our predictions. I want to make sure I do our, our uh, introduce our new sponsor in about five minutes. So let's see if we can squeeze in a couple predictions before then. Tom Madonna, looking at prediction number one, you say we move from, and I hope I'm saying this right, ADAS, is it ADAS? ADAS. ADAS to AV technology. We still have a long way to go to be fully AV functioning in every city, every town, every neighborhood. Three minutes. Tom Madonna, talk. 
Well, first, I'm going to ask, I'm going to tell uh, Patrick that if he's got a problem with technology, particularly Apple, give me a call. I'll, I'll work him through that one. <laughs> so, <laughs> me, me too. Me too. Me too. If Tom's not available, you, you scroll, call me. You must use two fingers, not one uh, finger. It, it, it and really not depends. Your mouth. You call All right, so, Tom's so, not available, Patrick. Go ahead, Tom. So, so ADAS, uh, assisted driving uh, structures within the car. So, you know, if you think ADAS originally, that was cruise control. Okay, so that's kind of a version one, version two, depending upon adaptive cruise control. So ADAS technologies determine how autonomous the vehicle is actually going. These are going to be incremental steps, not exponential steps, but incremental steps to get to where we're talking about having a fully executable autonomous vehicle where you can sit back, relax, and not have to worry about driving. The ADAS technology has taken, on average, somewhere between three to five years to develop and bring forth. You know, so I won't talk about a particular client, uh, but ultimately, you know, the new We Will Rock You commercial uh, driving the truck is adaptive cruise hands-free. Okay. And, and, and part of that, it took five to eight years to actually produce. So as you start to look through what the technology is going to do, how those companies are trying to play form it, there's going to be a lot of players in there. There's going to be suppliers. There's going to be the OEMs. There's going to be technologies. There's going to be integration to the cities. There's going to be integration to uh, the execution and the, and, the, and the smart cameras that are going to be for traffics, et cetera. All of that technology is going to be an infrastructure put in place for the allowing for that particular vehicle to become an autonomous vehicle. So it's not going to be just the city. It's not going to be just the neighborhood. It's not going to be a geofence. We have to adapt that across. You can see how some of that's taking place just within the battery infrastructure is going on. You know, you talked at the beginning of the show in regards to range anxiety. Okay. Until you physically can get from point A to point B and you don't have to worry about range anxiety on that vehicle, you're going to have change, you know, apprehension from, from the consumer. You're going to have change apprehension on autonomous vehicles until you don't see any wrecks. You see fully functioning processes within every city, state, every single neighborhood, rural, urban. But as we go through it, it is moving. Change is coming. That technology, that infrastructure, those algorithms, that uh, artificial intelligence is there and will continue to be. And I think as the players continue to drive, you know, that change that, uh, that Akum basically talked about, that change is basically coming. And that's going to be, you know, something that's going to be five to 10 years out and it's going to be here forever. You know, let it be on the road or in the air. You know, that's another thing we talked about, you know, the flying taxis. We still have to worry about what that means after we get off the ground because we still have to worry about getting from point A to point B without running into something. <laughs> That's right, and all those drones making deliveries. We're gonna have to ask the Beatles to redo the song, Baby, You Can Drive My Car, because <laughs> Baby isn't gonna be driving, the, unless that's what you say to your autonomous vehicle. Here are the keys, <laughs> Matilda, whatever it is, drive my car. Gentlemen, I wanna introduce our new sponsor just briefly here. I wanna welcome NordVPN. Any of you using a VPN yet? Virtual private network? Yes? Oh, good, good, good. Well, I want to tell you about my experience. I can access content from over 59 different countries by changing my virtual location with one click. Everybody, right, Patrick? Everybody likes one click on an old computer or a new one. I live in the U.S., but with NordVPN, I could be anywhere in the world virtually and access content from those regions. For example, I fell in love with a French detective show called Candice Renoir. She's a, an interesting mom who came back to 
the detective force after 10 years of raising her kids. Nobody wants to work with her, and then they realize she's brilliant. So I, I can't get on US TV, I can't get the season three, but I can get it on VPN on French streaming services, which makes me very happy. Also, if I'm outside the US, I still have access to all of the US streaming services, and I will never miss my favorite shows. Geo restrictions are now no longer an issue because you change your remote location with one click, super easy to use. And here's my call to action, the offer. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash techrev, T-E-C-H-R-E-V. That's nordvpn, N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com slash T-E-C-H-R-E-V. That's the code for my show. Or use the code T-E-C-H-R-E-V to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. Who doesn't love that? Plus a bonus gift. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Thank you very much. Let's go back to our predictions. I'm looking here at Mukund, and I've picked your prediction number one. You say the adoption of alternate energy, especially EV, electric vehicles, is going to increase dramatically in this decade. Now, we're at 2022 in the beginning of the year, so we've gotten several years left to the decade with regulations and urban designs coming in fast. Mukund, talk to me for about two minutes, two and a half minutes. I want to make sure we get plenty of predictions. Go ahead. Yep. So this one, just building off of what Tom said, you know, he talked from the from the technology perspective on the uh, autonomous driving. I'm talking about the energy used to drive the vehicle here. So what I feel is we've been talking about it. There have been some incumbents in the electric uh, space about EV space who are brought in cars. But now we are at a point where... Uh, people are aware the range anxiety is going down because of the better grid coming into place. Most of the OEMs have declared their intention of going fully electric. Now, I was reading recently about seven or eight OEMs, If you, the big ones, if you take a look, they have pledged about $120 billion in this decade for just EV vehicles. So since last few years, every year, the adoption, according to the World Resource Institute, is going up 50%. So with that, things in mind, you know, the government regulations, the urban city planners, um, you know, we're talking about government, even the U.S. president has, has an ambitious goal of having half of new cars being electric fuel cell or hybrid vehicles by 2030. So that's a big, big number. So in the next eight years. So what I feel is with the technology getting better because of batteries, you know, better batteries, better type of batteries, whether it be solid state or any new technology trying to increase the range, the infrastructure, the government regulations, the consumer themselves, everything is coming into place at this moment in the next decade. I mean, sorry, this decade in next eight, seven, eight years, I feel the EVs or alternate energy vehicles, whether it be hydrogen or EV, will take over and it will be normal as we see the ICE engines today. So that's a big prediction from my side. Yeah, strive to zero. Everyone's talking about strive to zero. Strive so to good. zero. Of course, there are a lot of challenges. We won't get into that right now, but that's one of the predictions I feel. Thank you very much. Good, strong prediction. Let's go to one from Praveen number three I've picked. Future cars will be more sustainability built with more eco materials and to last longer. Might not need to switch cars every few years. So there goes out the window waiting for the next pretty new model of the car because it ain't got, you don't need to, but do you still want to change it? Praveen, talk to me. 
Yeah, yeah, Bonnie, I think I think that's another big one that we're seeing today. You know, the acceleration towards uh, you know autonomous towards new energy sources, and the next big thing everybody um, is concerned about is sustainability. You know, they're looking at the footprint of a car, the carbon footprint of a car, and looking at that and saying, oh boy, do I need to be adding that to to our um, you know to our to our environment here? So the cars. Um, is are gonna you know uh, due to market forces are become are gonna become uh, more sustainable. They will use more eco-friendly uh, you know materials in them. Be it the tire that will run for a longer period of time that wouldn't need so much servicing uh, to polymers or other materials that are much more sustainable within the within the car. Um, you know today they have to be metal and they have to be made of uh, in a certain way because of you know we have so many uh, non-ai driven or human driven uh, vehicles but as it as it progresses and it becomes more autonomous then you would you know the, you would reduce the weight of the car that would help with the efficiency of the car as well uh, all of that sustainability is going to add to and become um, a kind of a stand out for, for companies that want to sell cars, you know, how sustainable is their car? How long is it going to last? How, how recyclable are the materials that are used in the car? Uh, not just to, not just from a fuel point of view, you know, EVs, we all know that it's much more sustainable than, than fossil fuels. Uh, you know, hydrogen is going to be much more sustainable. Um, and the same thing is going to go to the rest of the car as well. And the ecosystem that goes around with it is going to be much more greener, friendly, eco-materials, uh, and that's what that's the future. That's what that's what our consumers are going to need. Yeah. Thank you very, very much. And we go we look at the circular economy. How do you reuse? How do you repurpose? How do you not throw away to a, a dump somewhere or to a landfill where it's going to not do well for the soil, for the earth, for the water, for exactly. the atmosphere? That's what we're trying to do. Thank you. Very interesting. Patrick Maroney, I picked your prediction. Number one, automotive companies will build their own semiconductor Fabs, let's talk. This is on everybody's mind. Is there a fab coming to a to an empty lot near your house next week? I don't know. Talk to me. Where are they? What are they? What do you predict, Patrick? There, there are there is hundreds of billions of dollars being poured in to address the semiconductor supply chain challenges. And one way, one way to address supply shortages is to become your own supplier. Now, the automotive companies have worked hard damn hard over the years to uh, de-verticalize, right? And to spread things out in a supply chain. There is uh, a situation where you become too lean. You cannot adjust your tack times fast enough if there is a major shift on either end, supply or demand and or constraints, right? On your resources. Uh, if you don't, if all of your workers uh, are sick from a, a pandemic and can't come to work, that can shut down a a whole line. So there's a lot to, to be said about driving. And I, and I know the, the word of 2020 and even into 2021 was resilience. Yes. I don't think that word's gone away in 2022. I think we've just gotten a little sick of hearing it, right? It's got, it's become a little cliche. So, you know, I think that is the million dollar question. You've got companies uh, like a major manufacturer of a smartphone uh, firing their semiconductor company and now designing their own chips. 
the semiconductor supply chain is designed in such a way that it, it can be outsourced. You just have to hire a couple of really good engineers and you don't have to build the $25 billion fab. So there's a lot of things going on here um, that are going to change the pressure on the automotive supply chain and on the semiconductor supply chain. It's a very expensive endeavor to get into. And I personally think that the path will not go down the way of automotive companies building out their own fabs. There may be some experimentation there, but I think what we're going to see is an explosion of industry networks, cross industry companies coming together to form an end tier value chain to use the term that you used earlier. And they're going to take collaboration beyond simple demand supply logistics. They're going to collaborate on engineering and PLM and design. They're going to include customer experience in what's going on. The semiconductors aren't just going to look at automotive value chain. That industry value chain, that industry network will now be comprised of offsetting industries. When, when demand for auto, automotive vehicles drops and demand for, say, webcams goes up, maybe those are the two companies that are in there. So you can offset the demand. And when one company has to descale their, their demand on semiconductor, they're not going to put that semiconductor out of business because another company is going to increase demand. And I do think, Bonnie, if I can just take another minute, yeah, I yeah. do think, you know, capitalizing on what I heard some of my colleagues say, that this EV uh, is driving an explosion in technology, right? We're going to see innovations. When you get into some of the EV vehicles, you feel like you're getting inside a computer. It's a computer on wheels, right? You're going to see explosions in energy and batteries and screens. And Tom talked about automatic driving. All this technology is going to spin up lots of new businesses and industries in the area of technology and not just automotive companies. And it's going to shift a pattern in how all these businesses in this giant network go to business together with an environmental, social and governance strategy, an ESG strategy that drives sustainability. And this whole circular economy isn't just on the sales end. It's also on the procurement end, right? I have customers that are uh, buying 100% recycled items, 100% recycled items. They are whole strategic sourcing procurement environment is all done to be sustainable, right? And that lowers your carbon footprint, allows you to make these prints, uh, these, these, these um, uh, reports out to the marketplace. So it's really interesting to see the convergence between multiple industries, between the technology explosion and, and how we're weighing off some of the challenges that we've had to face in de demand and supply and, and to navigate all that. The, the future is being written and the race, the race to the future car encompasses all of these processes, multiple industries and multiple solutions and lines of business. Patrick, I wish you showed a little enthusiasm when you shared all of this with us. <laughs> I'm looking at the needle. If I had a needle on the audio bar, I was like, whoa, thank you very much. I noticed you covered two of your predictions in one, one segment here, and I appreciate that. So I, I, I was marking that off. Thank you. We have time for uh, quite a few more, actually. Tom Madonna, we're going to prediction number three. We are trading fuel dependence for metal dependence in the EV race. So what are the next steps to move the needle? You tell me, it's your prediction. Tom and Donna, go ahead. 
So, so Patrick did bring up the the conversation about uh, what's happening in semiconductor in regards to you know moving down chain in regards to supply chain. Well, what you've seen over the course of this past year is the same thing happened with all of the OEMs looking at their EV production. I mean, I just got done uh, finishing a, a trend and imperative execution piece, and EV outputs this year grew three hundred and sixty percent. Okay, globally. Okay, so that basically almost fourfold the number of sold vehicles on the road this year compared to last year, or last year compared to the previous year, were EV vehicles. So what does that basically mean? It means that all these OEMs are now having to worry about batteries. So they had to worry about semiconductors, now they have to worry about batteries. And so you see all of these technologies across disciplines. And, and, and as we start looking at batteries, they might be classified as high higher education, they may be classified as high tech, they may be classified as, as metal and, and, and refining. All of these companies are coming out of the woodwork in regards to how we're gonna basically get these, this structure done. And when you look at where these uh, batteries are being produced today, 92% are being produced in Asia. So therefore, what do you have? You've got a dependency of not only the, the black stuff coming out of the ground on the ICE vehicle, you got a dependency of the metals coming out of the ground also from the portion of, of, of areas where production of vehicles are, are only a smaller portion. So when you start talking about China, Taiwan, et cetera, all of those are coming out. Now, there are other areas you can produce these and put, pull these metals out. Let it be in Africa, let it be in, in South Africa, et cetera. But there's been a lot more put in place in regards to pulling metals off of the ocean floor. So what we have to basically do is make sure that not only are we having a circular economy in regards to sustainability, because these batteries last longer, plus they have a half-life span in regards to once they get produced and pulled out of a vehicle. Secondarily is what can we do to refine that? How can we basically pull that material back out? And that, so we're not disposing of it. And then lastly, the OEMs, you can see it. You see it with the Michigan announcement that just occurred with one of the big three, where they're going to put $6 billion factory in place. You see it with the, the transplants occurring in, in the southeast, where they're coming back and putting battery plants right next to their facilities. Battery is the next big thing. No one thought about the semiconductors. People are thinking about the batteries. So now the question becomes, how do we get the right metal? How do we get it reproduced? How do we get it turned around? How do we recycle it? And, and ultimately, the OEMs are doing that verticalization across their supply chain for the batteries because of that. They see what's happening, they see the production going up, and now they got to see the battery production going up. Thank you very much. I feel guilty for putting new batteries in my Blink cameras around my house, my security cameras, because they required the lithium-ion batteries, but I bought them a while ago, so I don't feel so bad. But, but I only change the batteries about once a year. I didn't realize I had no, no camera action for, for a week, and I looked and said, why is it so quiet? Well, low battery. Okay, so we did that. I learned the other day about battery swapping. Did some anybody mention that yet today? Battery swapping where you can go to a place, a station, and you can say, okay, the, the EV, the battery is low. Correct. And, Correct. and then that was something that basically started in uh, yeah. kind of the Middle East. And, and what they quickly determined was it was a very asset intensive structure because you had to create yeah. a battery that basically was going to so, you know, so there wasn't, yes. you know, one battery fit all kind of conversations. I mean, there's a difference between replacing a AA, you know, bolt, et cetera, compared to what's going on with the cars. So that was kind of early conversations, though some countries have adapted it. What we see happening now is in locations 
you know, U.S. might be something that's coming up, but particularly within locations where you have a good infrastructure, Europe, where you're not traveling a far distance, Europe, mm -hmm. you're probably going to get into charging stations. U.S. might be a little bit of both, but yes, the, the issue you're running into is how big the battery is, how many different variations do you have to carry, and is your swap out fast enough? In most cases, that technology is being leapfrogged with all of these instant uh, non-hookup-outable uh, infrastructures. So there's one thing that just came out this past week where they're actually having charging stations down the highway. And as the car passes the charging stations, it's picking up charge as it goes. So it's a situation where you're running over, you're picking a bit of charge, it's trickle charging as, as the vehicle's being driven. So there's a lot of different technologies that would be uh, required. And, and ultimately the changing of the batteries um, would require a higher inventory that probably can't be supported in most in most economic Tom is really hitting that point that EVs are at the at the the spearhead of mm -hmm. a technology explosion. Mm -hmm. But what's important, right? And I think what's important to your audience, Bonnie, right? The 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 uh, the the Voice America business audience is essentially what does this mean to the future of their businesses? Mm -hmm. How are they going to have a highly adaptive uh, PLM, product lifecycle management and engineering process that can leverage such fast moving innovations? How can they take the pulse on what the market needs and what the demand is? Tom brought up some great examples about differences, ge geographical differences in say the US versus Europe. So there's so much data and so much information that tomorrow's business leaders will have to be masters of in order to drive competitive differentiation, whether you're an automotive company, a semiconductor company, or a company making those little scented things that you plug into the walls of, of, your, of your house and your home. So I really think that as, as we prepare to manage for the future, right, business leaders are gonna have to focus on how do they engineer their products, they're going to have to focus on how do they build better, resilient, more adaptable and agile uh, 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 supply chains so they can navigate the, the, the variations in, in demand and supply. And I really think, you know, they're going to have to focus on how they grow their business in a sustainable and environmentally green, green way. And around all of this as well is your people. Right, we talked about what is AI doing to threaten, say, whether we have jobs or not. You know, there's a whole movement on reskilling your people. Often, when you when you when when one part of your business gets uh, automated and and there's less need for human beings, those human beings have skills that can actually be reused in another part of your business that's growing. If you're not aware of that, if you can't see the skills in some kind of one and zero manner and manage that data. You're going to lose good people and you're constantly going to be fighting this attract and retain top talent business. So, so we're going to see huge swings, I think, in culture and leaders as they, as they do this race for the future, leaders have to focus on all of these aspects that I, that I just mentioned. Thank you very much. Very exciting. Mukid, I want to go, uh, Patrick actually gave me a perfect segue to the statement three. I pulled up prediction three from Mukin. So I'm going to read it and then you can talk about what he just said, which would be great. So Mukin says software and data, and he put software with a capital S, data with a capital D, and put quotes around them. will take precedence in terms of value over the vehicle's 
physical components. Monetization of data will be key. We've talked about monetization, but let's do a deeper dive. Mukin, go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, continuing on what my colleagues are talking about, everything is going to change, whether in terms of technology, all the OEM suppliers will have to pivot. The developments are taking so fast, we don't know like even the batteries or how it's going to be, what kind of a technology will take us to the next level. But coming back to this software and data, who would have thought that NVIDIA, Intel, Google or will be soon associated with the automotive industry? Yeah. So it's, it's unheard of. So, so since 2000, it's about, uh, I read some statistics by in 2017 when they had done, they said 40% of the cost of a new car will be attributed to semiconductor-based electronic systems. So that, that is exactly what you know, was mentioned before. It's like driving a computer, so 40%. And what they're saying is with the addition of autonomous and all those new technology coming in, in this decade, it will contribute to about 50% of a vehicle's cost. And how, how it will impact it, it's a high-tech high -tech product on wheels. So whether it is completely software driven or whether it is partially software driven in the beginning and then at some point becomes autonomous, it's, it's basically all these things are taking over. And now the point comes into play as to how do you monetize it? Mm -hmm. The OEMs and the supply, the whole ecosystem, because there is data and data is gold. This is the future of you know, gold. You know, <laughs> every, it's, it's like... Whoever has the data is the king, as they say, you know, as you can hear in the news today, yep. whether people are misusing it or not. But, but the fact remains, for example, just a couple of examples, the insurance companies will have the data from the car and they can kind of give you customized quotes based on how you drive. That's based on data. Now the, the, end, the dealerships will have the data about the customer experience, what they can upsell. All those things have to... We thought about the pie is out there. Pie has not been distributed. Everybody is trying to get which piece of pie that they have. You know, it's 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 changing. So just as a small example, I was thinking about you know taking not the vehicle but just a small uh, you know how should I say put it in a microscopic level or I shouldn't say microscopic but a smaller level. Who would have thought a few years back that you would be sweeping floors with a computer? We have all these products from iRobot. You know. Roomba and Brava, they sweep yep. the floors. They're all running on computer chips. It knows exactly which, where, how, how your layout is, what things to avoid and clean it. So similarly, taking it at a macro level, bigger level rather, you know, the cars was going to be completely run by these semiconductors. And as is evident, semiconductors or the technology goes down, the car production comes down. So at some point, these have to kind of, like like Patrick mentioned, maybe everybody has their own uh, fab factory next to them, like a supplier. But now the suppliers, what I see in the trend is the suppliers are taking over that part. You know, the software is outsourced, brought into the vehicle for, you know, working thank, through this. Thank you, Mukha. And I want to sneak in one more quick prediction from Praveen, and then we'll wrap up. So Praveen says, personal and shared taxi. Your space on the taxi will look and feel personal, but it's a shared taxi. Tell me what that will look like. You're going to stay in the middle of, of Manhattan. You're going to say, taxi, taxi, or will it automatically know? Praveen is needing a taxi. I'll be right there. And it shows up. Two minutes, Praveen. That's all I've got. Go ahead. 
we're, we're talking Star Trek, we're talking Jetsons, you know, we're talking Doc Brown. It, it's got to be one of those things. It'll listen, it'll know before you even want a taxi. It'll know Praveen wants a taxi and it'll go, it'll, it'll, it'll have that taxi. I mean, today what we've talked about is, is just a, a generic nature of the car, the technology that goes into the car. But one of the other leaps that we're going to do is a personalization of a shared space, be it a taxi, be it a commuter uh, vehicle. Um, you know, not only is that going to be autonomous, but that space, that personalization, that's, that's another place where innovation, I think, is going to take place, where you get in and it'll be personalized to your taste. Um, it'll, it'll provide you with personalized information on, you know, how much carbon um, emission that you would be adding, you know, taking that trip or saving by taking that shared ride. It'll, it'll have um, uh, not only the look and feel, but also it'll give you the estimated time of arrival. It'll, you know, things of that nature that will make that space more personal for you. All of this technology that we talked about today, EV technology or the self-driving technology or the charging technology, um, all of that will you know, not only apply to a personal car, but a, but a shared ride, uh, but, you know, that, that you will get in, you know, in the middle of Manhattan or in Las Vegas or wherever it is. You know, we, we did, you know, in Las Vegas, you can call up a taxi today that is completely self-driving. There is, uh, there is really no, um, you know, there is no driver. Uh, and so that, I think that is going to accelerate to have a personal space for yourself. Thank you. I can imagine the scene in front of Penn Station on 7th Avenue between 34th and 33rd in Manhattan <laughs> with the taxi line waiting and some guys grabbing taxis. I'll get one for you. I get one. The line is, is 50 people long and the taxis pull up. And would you help me put my luggage in? A lot of world travelers. Interesting. Thank you all so much. Let me do a quick reminder of our sponsor. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash TechRev, T-E-C-H-R-E-V. That's NordVPN, N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com slash T-E-C-H-R-E-V. That's the code for my show. Or use the code T-E-C-H-R-E-V to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan, plus one additional month for free. Who doesn't love that? Plus a bonus gift. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Thank you, Tom Madonna. Thank you, Mukun Rao. Thank you, Praveen Ramamurthy. Thank you, Patrick Maroney. Thank you to Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire. And I have a little homework for all of you. It's just going to take a second. I want you to wag your finger. And I'm going to say, if somebody tells you that the future is already here, I'm going to count to three and we're all going to say no, no, no together. One, two, three. No, oh, no, 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 no. And that's because the future didn't happen yet. That was yesterday's future. Today's future isn't here. And we're all going to work together with all this amazing brain power and the passion we've all shared for the past hour on this show. We're all going to make it a better one. Everybody wave. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.